0: What's up, everybody? Today we pick up with the Feast of Unleavened Bread, or Chag Hamatzot. As you will see, the first three of the seven feasts given to Israel coincide with each other. The week of Passover engulfs the Passover Seder, or meal, the Feast of Unleavened Bread, and the Feast of First Fruits. Even though they overlap and are often just included as part of Passover, they are given to Israel as three separate feasts or celebrations. Each one has its own distinct significance and purpose. Each one was intended to remind them of a piece of the overall story. Likewise, each one is directly foreshadowing aspects of Christ. In this, in the previous episode, we discussed the importance and significance of the Passover Lamb, and how Jesus became the Passover Lamb for us. Today, we will look at the significance of the Feast of Unleavened Bread, and what you know. What does it symbolize? Why is it important? How is it connected to Jesus? How is it relevant to a believer? Unleavened bread is made without any leaven or chametz. Um, leaven is a substance, usually yeast, that causes the dough to, to rise or puff up. So Exodus twelve nineteen through 20 says, "...for seven days no yeast is to be found in your houses, and anyone, whether foreigner or native-born, who eats anything with yeast in it must be cut off from the community of Israel. Eat nothing made with yeast. Wherever you live, you must eat unleavened bread." God is very clear about eating only unleavened bread, but he is also very clear about there being no yeast or leaven found in their houses during the seven days. If anyone eats anything with yeast in it, they are to be cut off from the community of Israel. This is essentially saying they are cut off from the covenant relationship with God. That is an important detail we will come back to in a minute. Also, notice the passage uh, the passage states that anyone foreign, you know, if you're a foreigner or native born, meaning Jew or Gentile, so this isn't just the Jewish people that God is speaking to. That, that being said, the bread is unleavened for multiple reasons. First, it is symbolic of the hurried nature in which they had to, leave, had to prepare to leave Egypt, there was no time to let the bread rise properly. However, the real message is in why God required them to cleanse their homes of all, all leaven and not to consume any either. Leaven or hametz is considered a corrupting influence or a hidden uncleanness that, uh, that manipulates purer elements. A small amount of leaven or yeast will affect the entire batch of dough. 1 Corinthians five six says, your boasting is not good. Don't you know that a little yeast leavens the whole batch of dough? Leaven is therefore used as a metaphor for sin. In the same way a small amount of leaven corrupts an entire batch of dough, so does even a small sin corrupt the entire person. The command was to rid themselves of any trace of leaven, No one in, none in their home, should I say, and don't eat any, or really even come in contact with it either. It was a symbolic purging of sin from their lives, as well as a reminder of the influence of even the smallest sin, especially while they were in Egypt. You know, it was a reminder to rid themselves of all of the sinful influence of Egypt. Uh, The unleavened bread is called matzah and is known as the bread of affliction. Deuteronomy, in which you can look. Look into Deuteronomy sixteen three to see more about that. But it is not the bread of affliction because it is unleavened, it is unleavened because it is born out of the affliction of slavery experienced in Egypt. In other words, they had no time to prepare due to their affliction. Thus, the bread had no time to rise. Since leaven was symbolic of sin, the purging of all leaven was also symbolic of God's redemption of his people and the fact that he was cleansing them of the corrupting sinful influence of Egypt, like I said earlier. Therefore, the matzah is not a reminder of their affliction, instead is a token of their freedom from their past affliction. When Jesus said the bread was his body broken for us, he directly connected the symbolic nature and significance of the unleavened bread with himself. If leaven symbolized sin, then the unleavened bread symbolized purity in the absence of sin. That is what the feast of unleavened bread was foreshadowing. Jesus was not only the Passover lamb, but his body represented the unleavened bread because he was pure and sinless. So the bread on one hand was a reminder of Israel's deliverance from the bondage of slavery in Egypt. And on the other hand, for Christians, it became the reminder of deliverance from the bondage of sin after Jesus gave himself as the Passover lamb. The prophetic and symbolic lesson of ridding yourself and house of all leaven is that you replace that with that sin with humility and truth. Upon receiving the gift of salvation and redemption through Christ, we are to become sanctified unleavened people. Sin is a leavening or corrupting influence on the soul. You can't simply allow a little sin to remain in your life without it eventually corrupting the whole of your spiritual life. No matter how much we try to keep it hidden, Jesus says that it will all come to light. Luke eight seventeen says, For there is nothing hidden that will not be disclosed and nothing concealed that will not be known or brought out into the open. 1 Corinthians 5, 7-8 through through says, Get rid of, of the old yeast so that you may be a new unleavened batch. As you really are, for Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed. Therefore, let us keep the festival not with old. Not with the old bread leavened with malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. This passage really just sums it up. Jesus died for our sins as the Passover lamb. We are to get rid, therefore we're to get rid of our old sin so that we can become a new people made clean and righteous by the blood of the lamb. Yes, we are going to sin as believers, but we should strive to rid ourselves of our old ways that kept us bound to sin the leavened bread represents your old sin nature the one bound to sin a slave to it so to speak as believers we replace it with the unleavened bread of christ uh, the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth represented by christ in him we are a new creation paul is encouraging us to walk without hypocrisy in the truth of god's love many of us look at the old testament like it isn't even relevant to us we are under the new covenant and the old covenant was for the Jews. You might say, well, the Old Testament has some good stories to use, you know, to teach some life lessons, but many don't view it with the same importance or relevance as the New Testament, especially when it pertains to things like the law or the customs established by God, you know, like the feasts. The truth is, you can't have the the new covenant without the old covenant. It is all one complete word of God. All of it meant to teach us how to walk with God, how to do life with him, so to speak. But more importantly, all of it from Genesis to Revelation is meant to show us that we are sinful and cannot live up to God's standards on our own. We would need a substitute, okay, all of this while simultaneously showing us Just how far God would go to redeem his people by providing a substitute, a savior. It all points to Jesus. We might look at the Old Testament like it is a history lesson, but the New Testament is, you know, but the New Testament is for present time, you know, but it is also virtually 2,000 years old. So, in that respect, all of it is a history lesson, right? Jesus has always been the plan for salvation. That is not a New Testament thing. It's a Bible thing that you know again that again is why the Old Testament saints went to paradise not straight to heaven when they died because they had to wait for God's plan for, of salvation to be fulfilled on the cross before they could have their sins washed away and be made clean and righteous before God. When it was all said and done, they had to believe in Jesus so they could uh, be made new and worthy to enter heaven. When I study the Old Testament, I do notice some things that are meant specifically for the Jewish people. God gave them laws to govern their nation in addition to the Ten Commandments. However, understanding the law and why God gave it to Israel truly helps you understand who God is in a way and why a new covenant was always part of His plan. When I look at the feasts that God gave Israel, I look for the connection to the overall message, the one that points to Christ. It has always been about Him. We have no problem taking communion, but that is no different than the Passover. We have no problem observing Easter Sunday or Christmas or even Thanksgiving. My point is that like Israel, we lose our way when the feast, holiday, or celebration becomes paramount to our beliefs. Meaning we should not celebrate these things because it is what is expected of us. We should celebrate them because we want to honor what was done for us. It's like what Jesus said when he was questioned about his disciples eating, you know, picking the the, the grain or whatever uh, on the Sabbath that time. And he, and he said, you know, man is not made for the Sabbath. Sabbath is made for the man. And so... We have to look at it like that, you know, and and appreciate it for what it is. I have no problem participating in the feast of the Lord because it is a pleasure to take part in something that allows me to honor God and Jesus. But if I don't take part in them, it doesn't make me less of a Christian. Just like if I miss communion, I'm not less of a Christian. And I surely don't lose my salvation because I missed, you know, uh, communion. You know, we can't hang our faith on anything other than the blood of Jesus and the finished work of the cross. And, you know, an Israelite might look at these feasts as mandatory requirement of their faith, but we as Christians can look at them without the strain of that mandate and just appreciate them for what they are, which is a foreshadowing of Christ. My goal with this podcast is to show the relevance of Scripture from Genesis to Revelation. Okay, with that said, let's go back to that little important detail that I mentioned earlier about anyone, you know, whether they were foreigner or native born, if they were found in possession of of leaven or yeast, they were to be cut off from the community of Israel. That means they're cut they're cut off from that covenant relationship with God. And that's super important to understand because we cannot free ourselves and completely purge ourselves from from sin we need christ we need the blood of christ to cover us to cover our sin and see without christ without his blood to cover us we are cut off from god because we have that leaven in our life that sin in our life and that sin nature and therefore without his blood we we stand condemned and we will be cut off from god So it's super important to understand what is being said here, that we need Christ. We need the blood of Christ to cover that sin so that when God looks at us, he doesn't see our sin. He only sees the blood of his son that covers that sin. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Thank you, Jesus, for being that sinless substitute for us. Thank you for the lesson of the unleavened bread and how it is relevant to our lives today. In you, we are a new creation striving to be an unleavened people. You became the Passover lamb whose blood covers us, causing the judgment of God to pass over us. You are the unleavened bread without sin that was broken for us. Thank you, Jesus, for for your sacrifice. I know that we fail you more often than not. Yet you extend mercy and grace, and your love never fails. All I ask today, Jesus, is that you would pour out your spirit on your people. Teach us your ways and show us how to walk in your truth. Amen.